and welcome to Should I Get Bangs. I'm your host, Julia Rossi, and today's guest is a writer on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She has a fantastic solo show called Oh God, An Hour About Abortion, and she's just like a wonderful human being. It's Allison Leiby. There Hello. she is. Hi. I'm so happy to be here in my home. I, <laughs> I know, I'm so happy too. I'm also happy because right when we got on to record, you said, sorry if I look like I've been crying. And I was like, oh, sweet. She had a breakdown. But then it was about Top Chef. <laughs> yeah, it's always about Top Chef. I'm always crying about Top Chef for some reason. What is it about Top Chef that makes you, well, you just said, because everyone is like winning? It's like, well, this past week that I just watched for whenever this, like spoilers, but like, you know, they were like, we couldn't make a decision. So all three of you are going to the finale. And it's just like, I think like Top Chef is very emotional because it's just like, I think like with being an artist, I mean, in quotes as well, like. No, you're an artist, we're artists. We're artists. And I think that they are too. And I think that there's like, I just really understand the stakes and like, you're just like, Oh, these people like dedicated their life to this thing. And this is them trying to, to make it. And like, I mean, they've, a lot of them are already like very decorated and honored, like uh, chefs with awards and stuff like that, but it's still like, they want to get to the next level. So like, I think I just also like relate to that so much. And like, also it's, it's a very like, there's a lot of camaraderie on this season because they shot it during the pandemic and like, Mm-hmm. half the chefs on it are like, I had to close my restaurant. I had to lay off 35 people like this year mm-hmm, has been mm-hmm. devastating. So like there's, it's not like cutthroat. Like it's not like, sh- it's not the bachelor. It's not people being like, I'm here for the right reasons. Like it's like, it's like yeah. truly people who are like, yeah, man, it's been tough. And I'm just excited to cook again. And you're just like, it just like warms my heart in like a very, I'm going to cry again, <laughs> like a very emotional <laughs> way. I don't know. I just find it to be very good, compelling television. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, I'm uh, I'm an asshole that's been watching The Bachelor since the whole, uh, you know, empire was created. And yes. it's off. I mean, but it's a show that I watch. Like at this point, I watch it while like looking at Zillow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I watch all the trash that Bravo makes. Top Chef is just the only one that's not uh, garbage people. <laughs> yeah. Like, for, for some reason, I can't get into Housewives. I understand, like, I love it, but I also understand why people don't. In the same way that, like, I've struggled with The Bachelor and have never yeah. really dove in, but I, like, fully get why people like it. And I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just a different lane of nightmares. <laughs> yeah. My favorite right now um, is, and they just have season two um, on Netflix, it's called Too Hot to Handle. I didn't watch that first season. I really want to. Oh, it's so good. I feel like it's right up my alley. Yep. Too hot to handle. And then there's another one called Are You the One? And they're both trash. Yes. Yes. They're both very heavily made up people Mm -hmm. with tiny Mm -hmm. bodies Mm -hmm. fucking. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm just fascinated that these people are like, yeah, I'll go on television and fuck in front of the whole world. Yeah. They're like... I watch Temptation Island. I'm an evangelist uh-huh. for Temptation Island on USA. Right. It is yeah. such a good show. Um, but it's like these people, I'm like, you're saying your name and appearing on camera and then being like, I'm going to ruin someone's relationship while I'm here. Yeah. And it's like, you have to go back to work at some point, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how you go back to normal life. Yeah. I think like the idea is that you won't, but most of them do. Yes. So um, your show, which I haven't seen yet. 
because I'm not in New York. Also, I only got to do it a handful of times and then the pandemic really uh, shut that shit down for the last, so, you know, year and a half. So most people haven't seen it. (laughs) Which is great because now it's a brand new show. And I, but I did see you, I feel like it was a week or two or was it like a few days after the incident that the show is about? I yeah, probably uh, maybe a week within a week or two. Yeah, because yeah, it was at um, it was like two was summers show. ago. Yeah, yep, it was at your show, and I was like, "How's yeah. it going?" You're like, "Well," and <laughs> I just got an abortion. Yeah, I appreciate, <laughs> but the circumstance. So I don't know if you want to like share that because I sure. yeah, because talk about um, a breakdown. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's also so interesting to me because it's like, I've had so many on paper, like less traumatizing events, like cause massive breakdowns in my life. And like, what's funny about this one to me is like, it wasn't the big breakdown I thought it would be until like way later. Mm. Um, Like it happened. So like, I like, you know, had sex without, without a condom and like, surprise, I got pregnant. I was like, I am so old. I can't believe that happened. (laughs) Like. I mean, I was just like, I guess it's good to know. I was surprised. Um, but it was like, it happened in a moment where I was like, I found out I was pregnant when I was on tour in the South. <laughs> I was oh, like, God. oh, God. So like, that was like, I wasn't like panicking, like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm like, I definitely know what I'm going to do. Like, there's not a lot of questions in my mind, like just like the nature of the relationship, the nature of where my life was at the time. Like, I was just like, I know that I'm definitely going to get an abortion. However, like I have to wait a few weeks until I get home. Cause like, I don't think I'm going to do that in Missouri. Like, yeah. Or are you even allowed? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's like, it's like, I got to a certain point. I was like, well, it's been more than six weeks. So probably not. Um, Wow. Which was so like that was really scary, but also like I was on tour with um Alana Glazer, who like we're both friends with, and like she's so cool and chill. But it was like as she was getting ready to tape her special, and I was like, I can't like make this about me now, like I can't be like, yeah. Hey guys, I know that like Alana, you're like really figuring out the special thing, and you're also like running production services on it, and there's a lot going on, but like I'm pregnant, like I just like oh my god, so I like what, what felt so crazy was that like I had to just like sit on it for like two weeks knowing I was pregnant knowing I couldn't do anything about it until I got back to New York did you talk to anyone about it uh, I like texted my friend back in New York and I was like what are you doing uh two weeks from Saturday can you come with me to Planned Parenthood she was like Allison and I was like I know (laughs) and did she go with you yeah yeah and yeah good friend of mine and she was like she was like I'll get snacks and I'll bring you drop you like whatever you need and it was great but like great but great it was like how yeah. she was there um but it was just like to sit on that like it just like started to like bubble up in me where I was like I need to tell somebody but I again like it just felt like we were all like there was like a really small group of us like doing this tour and like managing the production of the special and I was like it's just really not the time for me to like draw attention or like make anything complicated so I would just like sit in my room and be like, don't barf today. Don't barf today. Don't barf. Oh, today. <laughs> so you were having pregnancy symptoms. Oh, fully, fully was like oh. so sick. Um, felt like trash, like kept falling asleep just at like random times in the middle of the day. Like, I mean, it also made me realize like, Oh, I don't, uh, the, the idea of being pregnant and, and 
sticking with it is very unappealing because of just how personally sick I was. I know that everybody's yeah. different, but I was just like, oh, I feel like this would not be fun for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things about pregnancy that are yeah, I think that it's especially not like, giving birth. <laughs> oh, yeah, that part sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I was feel I was like actually feeling like sick and and tired, and also because like my back is a piece of shit and like doesn't work. I mean, it works now, but like it, it doesn't, it hasn't been very healthy for a long time. It like a, a herniated disc kind of started bulging because just like that's biologically, like when, when there's pressure in that area, like it's just going to like affect that part of your body too, if it, if it's sensitive to that. So like, then my back went out. And so then I was like, I had to like, not like on like one of our last nights before the special, Cause we were doing like a two, like there, it was like I was hosting and then like PD was featuring and then Alana was doing her hour. And I was like, guys, I like, can't stand up. I can't like, I think I can't do the show tonight. I threw my back out. And then like, after, like, obviously like after I got back and like had the abortion and like Alana and I had dinner, I was like, Oh, heads up. I was like pregnant the whole tour. <laughs> she was like, Oh, so was it not your back? I was like, no, no. I also, my back went out. <laughs> and she was like, you're your body just was not it was not happy yeah <laughs> and like so foreign to you I imagine yeah just I mean I've I've never even had like a pregnancy scare like I've my period's never mm-hmm. even been late like I've just been which is crazy because like I haven't been on birth control since I was 19 which is bold um so like I was just like convinced I was like this is never going to be an issue <laughs> and then it was and like my body just like shut down and I was like overtired and we were like you know, touring on its own is exhausting and difficult for your body. I think, like, yeah, for anybody. like, like, every, like, anything you're like traveling and working, doing anything, but especially stand up, it's like you're already really run down, and then feeling that way, and then when my back finally went out, I was like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> like, I can't. But I had to hold it together. So, like, it was like this, like, just get through. Like, every day was like another, just like, okay, you have three more days till you can be home. Four more days, and then like, I flew home flew direct, like went right from the airport to a Maisel table read that I was like, and I was like sitting there like nauseous and tired. And I was like, I can't believe I'm here. Why am I here? This is a nightmare. <laughs> Just like the keeping it all to myself. Like, you know, if I wasn't going to tell like Alana and folks that I was like, I'm pregnant. I'm waiting to get an abortion on Saturday. Like I definitely wasn't going to tell anybody at work. Yeah. Um, so it was just this like, you know, and I, and I texted like some of my friends at that point, like back in New York, just to be like, oh my God, I'm like losing my mind. <laughs> but it was just like, so like having to kind of like compartmentalize all of that anxiety and physical, um, just like deterioration and then be like, okay, just kind of like keep pushing forward was just a lot. And, and like, so do you think that's probably why it all hit you? so much later yeah because I think it was like I did like my brain did kind of go into like survival mode for Mm -hmm. what the experience I was in so it was like just keep just keep going just keep going like do stand up sleep all day like figure it out like you don't need to make a whole thing and then like I finally like came back to New York got the abortion flew out the next morning to go to Miami for a week for measles and I was just like well this just the hits just keep coming (laughs) the next day the next day or the, um, or no, it was sat. I got it on Saturday morning and I left Monday morning. So aren't you, so you're, aren't you supposed to not like, aren't you supposed to rest? I mean, <laughs> probably, but I was like, 
I mean, I, I, I like I told when I went and did it, I was like, I have to go to Miami on Monday. And they were like, you should be fine. Like, but okay. if you're having any symptoms that feel like outside of these ones that you should expect, then like, but you can't wear, you bleed for a couple of days after the same way after you have a baby or having a period, like you can't wear tampons. And I was like, I'm in Miami. Like I can't wear a pad. <laughs> it was so awful. And then again, it was like, kind of like, so then it was like another week of like, and like you have like residual symptoms after it, like cramping and a lot of bloating and like, you know, you're just kind of not feeling yourself quite yet. It like took like a week or two to really feel like back to like normal, normal. And so like, then it was like another like intense week out of my home with people I couldn't tell. And I was like, so it wasn't until like, I finally got back to like my home, like weeks. And I was just like, what happened? <laughs> like, yeah. Like fully like then processing it and being like, holy shit. Like, you know, no emotional residual, like, you know, breakdown of like, oh no, I had an abort. Like that part wasn't real, but I was just like the circumstances under which this happened and mm-hmm. like how unpleasant it was just kind of like built up. And I just like, I think I slept for like three days or something like that. Yeah. Like when I finally got home, just like, I think just from like mental exhaustion of like keeping that all in for so long. Yeah. And so, so your, your emotional reaction had nothing to do with the actual act itself it was the circumstances around it yeah like and that's just my personal you know outlook on what was happening and how I feel about abortion and my own circumstances like I I didn't feel it didn't feel like a big deal like I wasn't like thrilled or like oh this again like this was I had this had not happened to me before this was my first um and hopefully only abortion um but like I was like I wasn't like what it like, I also like, don't really think I want to have children. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's been like in the back of my head. I'm like, well, if it ever happens, like you'll probably just not um, have a kid, but it like, it, so like, it wasn't like a, de- it wasn't a hard decision that caused a break that caused me to kind of like finally unravel about it. Mm-hmm. But it was like the experience of, and not even just like the abort, the abortion seven minutes, you're under, they give you drugs. Like it's like not like it wasn't, I've, I've had four back surgeries. Like this was kind of like a dental cleaning at this point. Um, yeah. So like, but like, it was just like having to kind of like sit on this, like kind of intense personal thing around like a variety of people who like, I'm not close with and like being forced into like exhausting work environments and being away from home. And like, I travel a lot, but I like, I don't love being away from home. Like I, yeah, so no, I, think I, some, I think some people are like way more comfortable with it. Like I, I don't like leaving my apartment very often. <laughs> um, so like, I felt like it was like that just like compounded in a way for me where I was like, just like could feel myself like getting like anxious and like hot, like hot under my skin. Like when I would like think too much about how like I was in a hotel in Miami and how far away I was from being home in my bed by myself. I feel like this whole experience and I hate to do gender role shit, but you know, it feels, mm-hmm. it sounds, it will, it's so female for many reasons. Yes. Of because, course. <laughs> well, I mean, it's genetic or, or, you know, biologically, yeah, yeah. Biologically female, because it's like, whether you were, well, you were like between being pregnant, even if you remained pregnant or getting an abortion, or right. if it was just taking the pill or your mm-hmm. period, like, like whatever thing that's yeah. already like wreaking physical havoc on your body and also hormonal havoc. Right. Yeah. And then you oh put my God. on the hormonal havoc that it was wreaking. Like I was yeah. just like, 
could, I could feel like I could notice the different, like, especially once I had taken a pregnancy test and was like, okay, you're pregnant. Like, and I was like, oh, I can like see, and I can, I catch that in myself when I get my period. I can like see like, oh, I'm definitely a day or two out because like, I'm so irritable and like on the edge, like feeling like I'm going to like break down and cry that like, I know my period's coming. Cause like, I know this like hormonal pattern for myself. So like, I could yeah. see like, it wasn't the same, but I was like, oh, I can see that this is like already firing. Yeah. Like and it's then, crazy. And then on top of that, if you are somebody who I, I think you're pretty similar, to, well, I know you are similar to me in that you pretty team. TMI, I guess. Oh, yeah. Which sounds like a yeah. negative. It's I sort of think TMI has a negative com- connotation. So yes. I want to think of a better, t- very open yeah. and in touch with your feelings. Yeah. And so you probably would have really benefited from like slumber party energy. And instead, you're around all these people. And I don't know if you're this way, but I, I imagine that very female habit of like, I'm fine. Sorry. I'm oh, fine. Yeah. So you combine oh. all that and it's like, you know, even if it wasn't your exact experience, I can relate to, it's like my body because of my biology mm-hmm. is like fucking with me. And Always. now on top of it, yeah. I have to let, make sure everyone knows I'm fine so that they're fine. Yes. And apologize if I'm not fine. <laughs> yes. It is like, I mean, it's absolutely what I was doing. And I think it's absolutely what like most women and like, again, like I am somebody who was like an open book and like, will tell people kind of like whatever is happening with yeah. me, like, you know, just, I don't know. I'm fine with it. And I think also like a little bit of like my medical history has me like very like, I, I guess I go back and forth, but like, I'm not like ashamed to be like this is a mess. My period fucks with my bowels, like, or like whatever. Like, you know, it's like, I'm like with, with certain groups of friends, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to like always be that like revealing about what's happening with me, but like to be with like acquaintances and coworkers and a lot of men, like a lot more men that I would have liked to have been surrounded by in those periods. Um, But I did the thing that I think like women are used to doing. And like, I, I have a bit about it in my hour where I'm like, it sucks that like, I think about like our periods and how like we can't even like, I can't call out of work. I have to be like, I have food poisoning. Like, but I'm like, why can't I just tell you I have my period? Because like, that's what's really happening. And I feel like shit. And I like, either way I can't get off the couch. So like, why does it have to be like this, like dance around what's really happening? And it felt kind of like that, or like when you just power through and like go to work and you're like, I'm literally losing like tablespoons of blood at a time. And, um, I can't, I can't like my body is like numb from the waist down and I'm on like Percocet and like now I have to like sit at a desk. Like, are you insane? No, I should be at home. And like women do it every single day for years and years and years of our lives. And- well, because if you say it's because of your period, even if you say that you're, you're emotional because of it, there's right. the like, Oh, Oh, time of the month. You're being a bit oh, like, like hmm. and listen, I, I have, I understand that reaction. It's, it's something that's been taught. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's perpetuated. It's, they don't, how, how can a, you know, biologic, I hope I'm using, I'm like, so trying to be conscious I, of like how I use terminology. Anyone I think we're all, le- doing, we're all learning. And especially doing like, the best this, I can. this is also not something that people talk about enough for it to be obvious what words we're supposed to use. Yeah. That's and like so, the whole thing is like that we don't talk about this. So. But you, if you are somebody who does not menstruate, who mm-hmm. has never experienced anything pregnancy related or close yeah. to it it's I I get it but like I remember there was a, a show booker 
who posted like a joke on Facebook um, years oh, ago. Already a great start. <laughs> yeah. A booker. I love it when a booker makes some jokes on Facebook and they were like one, they, they posted the lineup for a show and then we're like, I wonder which lady is going to cancel. Cause she has her period. And then like a bunch, it was a dude. And then a bunch of dudes I mean, of commented. Yeah. I know that'd be weird. If it was a woman. Cause if it was a woman, it'd be like, I wonder which one of my Queens is going to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever needs to take a day off for menstruation pain, yeah. go for it, girls. We'll find a replacement. Like, <laughs> And then all these like, you know, non-comedy men who were like, yes, my chance to get in on the joke. were just being horrible oh. in the comments. And I was like, you know what? I have canceled a show. Absolutely. I have female reasons or even just emotional reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like part of your hormones and part of something that like we have to biologic, like some people biologically experience and it's, it sucks. And I hate that like with periods and like, I guess like abortion is just like not really as common <laughs> as yeah. a period. Um, but like anything that comes out of your vagina, why don't we just like, say that? Yeah. But like men are the ones who like make it so we can't talk about it. And it's like, well, that's not fair. Like they're like, Oh, I'm going to like make jokes about it. And then it's like, okay, but like, now I need to tell you, like, I have my period, I don't feel well, and I can't come. And then they're like, ew, gross. It's like, you were just talking about it. Like, why yeah. can't I? Like, you're I mean, perpetuating this. I do now, I, I went through like the different phases that I think, I assume a lot of women do on stage, which is like, mm -hmm. I made jokes about it at first when I was like younger, but I yep. thought the jokes were like pretty cheap. Yeah. And then I kind of cut the, cut it out completely because, like, I didn't want to gross people out. And now I'm totally back to talking about it in a way that feels really genuine. And also, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. I, I feel like it, I've been on the same journey. <laughs> yeah, like, between, especially after having the experience of, like, having a, having, having a baby. Like, I have this whole new, I don't, I, I think any, I mean, again, I, similar anything you've had to do or I didn't have to but you know what I mean but anything that you've experienced <laughs> out of that space mm -hmm. I'm now like oh period is like the Nothing. least disgusting thing that has happened yeah. in my vagina <laughs> <laughs> if we you really want to talk like so I, have a, I have a new flap I don't know what it is but it things yeah, tug, things tug change. Torn and yeah. uh, and it's it's Everything just moved new, around. Some redecorating. A, yep, there's some redecorating. Some uh, some you know HGTV improvements or yeah. or tear down. You load bearing walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm like, please. It's it's uh, it's so it's so crazy the shame. Like, remember being a teenager and the whole like hiding of like pads and tampons. Yeah, and, like, like sliding a tampon up like the sleeve of your hoodie and like just so yeah. that like you would like so that no one could see it. Now I'm like, what if I'm like on a set or like in an office? Like I will like just have like just like carry it around. I'm like going to the bathroom. Like be yep. like I'm not gonna like pretend that this doesn't that I don't menstruate. Like. In fact, I want you to know because I want you to stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> Do you find that like, you know, with the sort of hiding or I, I feel like it goes into the same category because I've been thinking a lot about I've been working a lot on reducing apologizing mm -hmm. yeah. and God, it's so hard. It's really hard. I also have been in the last few years trying to like get rid of some of those 
I'm sorry's that aren't necessary and, and just make me, I'm like this, I don't need to say I'm sorry for like some of the things that happen that aren't in my yeah. control or worth apologizing for. No worries. I do that one a lot too. Me too. Well, so you said, um, cause I know you, you mentioned, well, there's like a couple of things. Um, so you, you said that you've had breakdowns that were smaller, that were about things way smaller than something yeah. as big as having an abortion, Yeah, which I don't know if there's any of those you want to share. Cause oh, I do yeah. often think, and you know, I'm curious if you agree, but like, I think it's because sometimes big things you have to act, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you have right. to go into a uh, crisis, I don't want to say crisis mode, but whatever but that you have to respond. Like, I mean, even like when I think about abortion, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like I had to like make the decision, which I had already made, but then I had to, I had to call Planned Parenthood. I had to figure some stuff out Then I had to like prepare for that and have a friend who could get like, there was a lot to do, but like little stuff doesn't have like a, a to-do list of things to like solve it. Yeah. Like I, so like, I think like one of the biggest breakdowns I've had in the last like couple of years came a month into the pandemic. And I think like for me, um, I will let like large, like non-specific issues kind of build and build and build. And then something very small will just set off all like we'll open the floodgates. Yes. To all of this. Like like those like what I'm breaking down over is not the thing. It's just the yeah. last straw. Like, which I think is common for probably how a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, like react. road rage is probably somebody upset about their awful wife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like their it shitty is. job they're going to. And yes. it's like, it's not about somebody like, you know, not using their turn signal. Although um, I don't, but that is annoying. It is annoying. It's right there. <laughs> Just use it. <laughs> there's, there's literally, there couldn't be anything easier in the world than just pushing your hand down or I have accidentally turned on my turn signal many times. Like that's how much I love it. I turn it on accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I'm like, this is fun. I love the sound. Yeah. (laughs) A little flashing lights. Like I'm in a club. (laughs) Um, So like early in the pandemic, like the pandemic hit and like, of course, like everybody, I'm sure that like everyone you've spoken to has had like a breakdown during it about it somehow. Like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, I mean, it, no one knew how to experience it. So yeah, right. I mean, everyone had something going on. Happened out of nowhere and cut us off. So like, I had been working on this hour. I had done like a week run at the Creek and then I had done a big union hall show that was like sold out. We were almost going to do a second one. And then like the pandemic, like shut that down, like pretty, like there was no stand up and like everybody was feeling that. But like my agent uh, at the time, who I have now fired, um, had, um, had been like, he like emailed me like after like things had shut down and it looked like it was like, this isn't going to be like two weeks and we're all back to normal. Like once we all realized like what was really going on, he emailed me, he's like, Hey, like, look, everybody's having a really tough time, of course. But he was like, I really especially feel for you with where you were with your show. Cause like, it was like at the very beginning of gaining momentum and you really like have something special with it. And like, I, mm-hmm. I just extra feel for you. And, like, it felt very good to hear that because that was something I was feeling, but, like, Mm -hmm. didn't feel like I could express because it's, like, but we're all experiencing terrible things. And also, like, me losing momentum on a show I just wrote is also not in the top 20 awful things that have come from the pandemic. Like I I hear you, but I also have learned that 
what is happening in your world? Like you can mm-hmm. still have empathy and compassion for what's happening in outside of your world, but within yeah. your world at that moment, that was the biggest thing. Totally. So like that had happened. And then at the same time, like Maisel was like, we don't like computers. So we're going to TBD on if we're going to have a season this year. And I was like, well, you're my only source of income and I haven't worked in eight months. So that Ooh. was a pro- like that got scary. And that, which then like, obviously that ended up working out because they were like, okay, we have to do something. Um, I'd also like gone on an amazing first date and we had a second date scheduled for like March 18th or something like that. Like, like our <laughs> schedule. And it was just like, and I just like, I am not like, I, if you could guess by like the fact that I had an abortion was like, yeah, like not this guy. Like I, I know that my, like my dating history has been like, you know, spotty and shitty for the last few years. And like, I don't go on a lot of dates and I like, that's fine. But like, I like finally, it was a setup and it was like really fun. And I was like, Oh, I kind of really like this guy. Like I'm excited to see kind of where this goes. And then like that, like, and he just kind of like disappeared rightfully so. Cause we did not have enough like going on to like become pen pals. I was like, no, I don't, we've, we went out once. Like there's not really enough to like text for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, like all it was just like a lot of and then just like the general anxiety of the pandemic and like the fear and like especially in New York it was so traumatizing and so like I live on Atlanta or I lived on Atlantic Avenue and like it was silent all day there was not a car going by that wasn't an ambulance and it was like it was was horrifying like those those early days were so so scary like all of that happened and like it was a real crisis, but I like, I like didn't process any of it. I was just like, I knew all those things were like in my head bubbling up, but I like wasn't reacting to them. I was just kind Mm -hmm. of like getting through the day. And then I made banana bread, um, batter. Uh (laughs) And I had like gotten like, I had like ordered, like I had ordered groceries and they were like so expensive. And then like, they didn't even bring everything I needed, but I like so then I like went out to a store, which like felt really scary, but I was just like, I have all this shit. Like I need to like, so it was like, I did all this to make banana bread batter and like, and make this whole dinner. And I like went to preheat the oven and I was like working on our stuff. And I like opened my oven and I was like the pilot lights out and it like would not light. Like my oven wasn't working. And I, in that moment, crumbled into a ball on my kitchen floor, oh. scream sobbing, scream sobbing, like just oh. could not like, like watching 10 top chef finales in a row or something. Yeah. Like, I just could not. I was just, it was like, it all just like hit like that one little thing of like, I made the mm-hmm. batter and I'm like ready to make banana bread and dinner. And like, now I can't make either. And I can't like even try and use my stove. Cause like the gas had been on. So like, I was just like, also am I going to die from asphyxiation? Um, but like, it just like, I'm like the oven didn't work and I can't make banana bread. Like that's the thing that like finally tripped like all of the right. other like, you know, trauma and like frustration and anxiety I've been dealing with, but these other kind of like larger looming things that were going on. And I was just like, s- like just on the floor, just scream crying. I'm sure my neighbor was like, something has happened. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? That's and so like, like, yeah, it was like, I te- and I texted like my two of my friends and my friend Andrea was like, okay, well there's, I'm, I ordered you dinner from Rucola and it's on the way. And I was like, that's like the nicest thing anyone's ever done. And then my friend, Sam, who has the best dog ever scout who lived down the street from me at the time. Uh, he was like, do you want to come outside and pet scout? I'll walk him over. And it was like, you know, 10 o'clock Aww. at night in the middle of the pandemic. And I just like, 
I was just like crying in the streets, like hugging a dog. And I was like, it's just so much. <laughs> and I then mean, like Rukula showed up and I was like, this is a little bit better. <laughs> I will say the pa- two things. One, I do think the pandemic uh, had people who were nice got even nicer like mm-hmm. the generosity and I the, agree. like I, one of my flip out moments was that uh, we ran out of seltzer and oh, yeah. oh, I, God. I, and our soda stream wasn't working oh, and <laughs> I was pregnant and, and I, you know, I, I was like the things that I wanted to complain about didn't feel big enough. I was like, Oh, like if I want my mom to see me pregnant. Yeah. Like that was something that made me really sad. But like in the grand scheme of things, it's not, you right. know, no, I on know. that level. And I, there's like a like similar, like I felt like I had some momentum with like stand up and the, like yeah. it's just all the stuff that I, I, I think maybe men do this too, but I, I was very much like, Oh, it's no big deal. Like my voice is going up 20 octaves. Yes. Yes. And then yes. we were at a seltzer and I, was really sad and it was like hard to get it was just like peak pandemic it was like hard to get hard grocery to get delivery yeah and also i we my husband and i did we did not except for going for walks we didn't go anywhere because i was pregnant right and there was so much like not information information about what that meant right we had no idea that. yeah so I like tweeted a joke about it because I didn't know what else to do. I, mm-hmm. God forbid I just write in a diary. Um, and uh, uh, Jenna Friedman, who's a comic um, who lives down the street, was like, um, okay, I'm going to drop off. Like I have like five cans of seltzer. And like Aww. she like left it on a bag on my door. And like then I weeped even harder because oh, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, the community. <laughs> I know. When people came have come through in the last year and a half, Yeah, it's like felt so much more meaningful than it did before somehow. Yeah. Like I think just because like, it's one thing to like pre pandemic normal life. If somebody was like, Oh, your oven broke, I'll send you dinner. Like, obviously that's like a different context than like me having a full down emotional breakdown about like my career and love life and how like a global pandemic has disrupted both of them at the same time. But like before it's like, Oh, like, Oh, thanks. That's like really nice of you or whatever. But like now it felt like, everybody was putting themselves at risk to help other people. Like, yeah. And and that felt like, so yeah, like they're already like people didn't have as much, like their income streams were disrupted. Mm -hmm. They're like safety was in question. Like they also were having like large scale mental breakdowns of their own over those things. So like then when anybody would like help and like, I feel like I tried and found myself like in a much more like helping role than I think I normally am. But if I didn't see those examples and if I didn't also partake in those examples, because I mm-hmm. like myself and a lot of people I know just kept donating because not only yeah. was it the pandemic happening, but then there was like all the Black Lives Matters. Yeah. And, the, and I know I'm trying to I don't I don't want to have happened personally when I know people are afraid of happening. It's like, oh, well, now that like it's quote unquote back to normal, like we'll we don't get yeah, and and I also was trying to make sure I don't like blow my load and like give right. away all my belongings and then have like nothing to you know whatever in the future. But it's always that. 
But it's always people like think about it. Like whenever you've seen, I'm sure, you know, a comedian's uh, GoFundMe because they have no insurance and they have an yeah. injury. It's always like open mic broke ass comics that are giving like the ten dollars yeah. or, or like, even like a hundred or like a whatever. lot where you're like that person. I don't know. I see them around. I don't feel like, I feel like that's all, that's a big lift for that person. And that's yes. like, so in, you know, so much. But it just proves that, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say like good people get better and shitty people get worse, but that is what it feels like. And I was it so grateful. I was so grateful for both the, the personal mm-hmm. kindness and generosity of people. And also what I witnessed because mm-hmm. between the pandemic politics, the president, yeah. I mean, All of it. I felt so much doom and gloom yeah. and I was also trying really hard to not bring that into my household at that time because yeah. I wanted to like try to keep things healthy and positive. Um, yeah, of course. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. It, it's still, I feel like people are still being very kind. Yes. I hope that it's not like the tail end of that. And that in fact, like there's been some like shift in at least for some people and like the way that we interact with each other. And I feel like at least in New York, LA is probably similar. Like I do feel like there is a, like a positivity of like the re that the reopening is bringing with everybody. And I'm like, okay, let's stay with that. And like, also let's keep like how good we were to each other during this and see if we could keep doing those things. Yeah. I (laughs) Um, later, I, I, I went out to eat at this like outdoor place and I asked, cause I was like, I had a margarita and I hadn't yeah. had a margarita since early 2019. I think like I, I just, got good at making margaritas. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> I had to, I was like, uh-huh. I gotta figure something out. <laughs> and, and I had like a margarita and then I was oh. like, so, and I was asking the waiter, I'm like, so is ev-, cause like the vibe was like great at this place. And I was like, is everyone like the best and like tipping huge and like being so gracious? He goes, Honestly, yes, except for like one couple and they seemed like they were already assholes to begin with. I was like, okay, cool. That makes total. He's like, but everyone else has gotten like way more generous, way more like, I, like, I don't care if my food, I mean, I care if my food is late, but like anybody who left a Yelp review during the pandemic, fuck you. Yeah. I feel like I got like way more forgiving on like things that I would have been like more annoyed by. And part of me is like, well, the stresses that make me annoyed about those things are also gone. Like mm. I haven't had to be anywhere on time in a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like yeah. who gives a shit? Like, it's like, so my dinner comes at eight or eight thirty or nine. Like I'm just watching TV anyway. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. Like I'm just going to reheat it. It's, it's still traveled here. Like that kind of stuff. I was like, Oh, like if I was like ordering dinner and then had to go to a show and it was late, then that's like a different thing. And I'm like, okay, try and like keep like, and I've, I've worked, I mean, I worked in retail for many, many years and I have lots of friends who work in restaurants in the service industry. So like, I always feel like I'm always like as forgiving as I can be when things yeah. don't go right. And like, always like love to leave a big tip and be a nice person. And, and that's what we should all do. Um, but I'm like, okay, like make sure you stay like this forgiving. Cause like the restaurant industry is going to take so long to bounce back and like, okay. they're really struggling and it's just, ugh. But yeah, I, so I know you also got back surgery during the <laughs> pandemic. Yes. Yes. I had 
so many like, things Jan- going on in January. Body. I know my body's a mess. I mean, now I think it's great. Doesn't it, uh, there's no baby in it, and there's a bunch of metal screws and rods holding the other oh parts. <laughs> but like, I like knew, I could feel like I've had three back surgeries before, um, but my last one was ten years ago, so it's like been a minute. But like, there's a very specific pain to when like a her- a disc herniates like fully, and like mm. I felt it. I was like last summer, I was at the beach. And I was swimming and I felt it. And I was like, and it, it, I was like, part of me was like, if this goes south right now, like I'm going to drown. Um, that's what will happen. But like, it kind of was just a flash and then it, it went away. But I was like, something just happened. Like something, something is wrong now. And then I could just, and I could just feel it like get worse and worse and worse over time. And it got really hard because like, I really, um, I'd started seeing a new GP um, during the pandemic. And then, I was seeing, going to see any, like I, my health insurance has changed since I had ha- my, since I had my last surgery and where I live, like, I'm not going to go to the Upper East Side to have surgery or consults even like it was too hard without the subway. Like, mm. so, and it's like, and you have to go many times before, like, it's not like you show up and they're like, we'll do surgery now. Like, of course, you know, like medical stuff, like you have to get MRIs and have them read and then like do other stuff. And then like, we'll see if we can do surgery and then you have to have surgery and then you have all these follow-ups. And I was like, I can't. So I had to get a new surgeon. He's so hot. It's like such a problem. Um, (laughs) He's like so handsome. He's our age. I'm like, okay, but enough with that. Like, is he married? Yeah, he's married. He brings up his wife all the time. I'm like, I get it. Um, (laughs) He probably has to. I mean, like when I went uh, for my pre-surgical screening the day before at the hospital, the woman was like looking at my chart. She was like, you have Dr. Anderer? Like it was this like um, like middle-aged Jamaican woman. And she was like, he is so nice. And I was like, I know. <laughs> like, she just kept saying he's so nice. And she's like, I saw him the other day. He was so nice. And I'm like, so funny. I'm like, we all know he's hot. Um, but like I could feel it getting like just deteriorating. But like it took me like two months to get an appointment with a surgeon. So like, I just like was like in pain for like two months, unable to do. And like, did you I, do anything for the pain? I, because of like how my surgeries have been in the past, like I was like no narcotics or opioids until recovery. Like that was my, cause I was like, if I start taking them with no surgical date in sight, like this goes really bad. Like I just don't, I love, I love Percocet. I love Vicodin. I love Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, but like I was at a point where I was taking 20 Oxycontins a day. Um, before, way, way back. Oh, after but, the surgery? Um, before, like before one of my last surgery. And like that happens when you're like, I'm just going to take one for pain today. And like when you're still like, and it just kind of like spirals. And like, I know for like, I did detox and I was like, I can't like go down that road. So I wouldn't take anything and nobody would prescribe it to me until I saw a surgeon. Um, God, I'm sorry. Not just to go back because that's yeah. so illuminating about, isn't it so sad side note, like the yeah. whole, so many people are like, Oh, these people are druggies. And it's like, they're people are literally given this medicine because yeah. they're in so much pain. When <sighs> I, so I was in so much pain, but like, I had just, I had two surgeries within exactly a year of each other or maybe less than a year. It was like December to like the next September. I had two surgeries. And like when my disc herniated the second time we wait or the first time, I don't know. One of, one of them, we waited for like months. My doctors were like, I just don't know like if we should do surgery. But like I was getting bottles of like 90 oxy at a time. Like that's what they were giving me. And it's like, of course I was addicted to them. Like, Uh and like, because you're in so much pain, like 
it does accumulate. Like you do have to start taking more. It's not like, you know, you adjust to it and you acclimate to how much you're taking. And so you have to keep raising that dosage. And then like, it was so high that like, then in recovery, like I was taking so many just like, and that pain was so much less than the pre-surgery pain. Jesus. So it's just like, so I'm like very wary of like, I, I know how I handle those drugs and I'm, I'm very averse to using them until it's just like, it's surgical recovery. They're only giving me two weeks worth and there is no reason to be taking them after that. And like, I'll just take like one a day and like figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, but I like couldn't see anybody. I was in so much pain. I finally saw my surgeon and they were like, well, we can't like they. I got an MRI and he was like, he's like, this is a mess. This whole area is a disaster. <laughs> and I was like, no shit. Um, and he was like, if you have surgery, I need to do a fusion. Like no more of these like little discectomies, like these like smaller. He was like, we need to fuse this because like there's nothing left. I was like, okay. He's like, but I don't want to do that yet. I want you to like try some injections. So I like, did epidural steroid injections which were very not fun. And all of this is during the pandemic. Like this was like fall of last year. And so it's like summer had been good, but like numbers were getting worse. So then it was like just scary going to like medical and there was no vaccine yet. And like just going to medical offices felt really scary. I mean, I'm sure you were feeling exactly the same way when you were pregnant. Like, yeah, just going places felt really scary. Yeah. Um, And then like also being in pain. And so then like, finally I had done the injections. They each lasted one day. And I was like, well, that was not worth it. (laughs) Um, And they're supposed to last like six months. Um, And so then we scheduled surgery and I had surgery and like, I didn't really freak out before just because um, I've had surgery many times. So like, I'm kind of, it's not like an unknown to me. Like it's, I'm like, I'm like, all right, I know what this is. And like, I trust this guy and I'm in so much pain that like, honestly, even if it's like traumatizing, it's going to be worth it if I can not be in pain anymore. Cause I like, couldn't, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't sit down. I was just like in excruciating pain all day, every day. I was stoned the whole time. Cause I was like, I, nothing else is helping. I mean, thank God for marijuana. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, so important. I, it's so don't important. Have, I don't have that back thing and I Need use it. it all the time. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> So like we, I had surgery, went really well. I like, I like woke up and like, I was like, I'm in less pain now than when you put me under. Like the surgical pain of having a six inch incision and a bunch of metal freshly placed in my back was less painful than what I was feeling oh, before wow. the surgery. And so like my, and like for the next two weeks, like I was like, you know, recovering. And so like, there's a lot, it's like, it's very difficult. And it is very painful. It's not like you feel amazing, but like, it's like manageable pain. Um, and I was like, I can't believe like every day I was like, I can't, like, I truly can't believe that I'm not in this, like it's nerve pain when you like my surgery was like to cure nerve pain, which is like, it just like, it's the kind of pain that like makes people kill themselves. Like, it's just so painful and like, goes through, like on and on and on. So like, but it was, it's like, I woke up from surgery. I was like, it's gone. Like I don't, there's not an ounce of that pain in my body. And it would like, it would be from my lower back all the way down through like to my ankles. And I was like, I can't believe it's gone when I went in for my follow-up with my surgeon who showed up um, in a jeans, a button down and like a slim sweater over it. And I was like, put on a lab coat. This isn't a wine bar. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sir, like I'm too into it. Um, (laughs) So like, he was like, he was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, I feel great. Um, Like even when I like the nurse checked me in, she was like, don't like, I like stood up from the chair and was like walking back. She was like, you had surgery two weeks ago. Like you seem fine. Like, or like fine enough for like two weeks out. And so when the doctor was like, he was like, 
I have to say, like, he was like, I, I told you a little bit about this at the hospital, but you're like still really fucked up. So I'm sure you don't remember. But he was like, I, when we got into your back, we all said, I cannot believe this woman has been walking upright. Like your, it was so your nerves if you had waited much longer and like they were making me wait, like they made, I was like, I'm in so much pain. And they were like, you have to try the injections. You have to do that. It took me forever to get the appointments. And I was like, what I like his medical practitioner who I spoke to on the phone when I was trying to schedule surgery. And they were like, we won't do surgery yet. You need to do the injections." She was like, I don't know. I read your chart. And you know, from what I heard about what it was like when you were here, like you didn't seem in that much pain. And it's like, because I had been just like, and I'm just like, and it's just like, we don't believe women's pain ever, like one with like periods and pregnancy and abortion, but like also in general, like women's pain is not considered real in so many ways. And like, I had not really experienced that like firsthand, like I didn't ever feel that from my surgeon, but I did from like this woman on his team. And I'm like, come on lady, like you're supposed to be on my side here. Yeah. Um, but he was like, but I it's could- so funny that you weren't acting like, sorry. I, I what was I supposed to act like? You know? But that's what I mean. Like it, 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 it's so. There's so much related to everything you've talked about between, like the abortion, the freaking out about the the banana bread. It's like <laughs> all examples of. Okay, so trying trying to express how you feel, you don't mm-hmm. want to overdo it because you don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable or yeah. worry. But then if you don't show enough, then you nobody must not really, really have. Yeah. yeah, that you need help or like she's so strong, she's got it. Like, yes. And so it really Fuck female strength as like a thing. I think that's I such, know such a fucked up concept. Yeah, like when someone sends you the um the the fighter the arm bicep, emoji, yeah. I'm like, no thanks. No, no. <laughs> yeah. a crystal ball, come on. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was cra- it was crazy that she said that, and then like it just felt like very gratifying to like hear him say like when we got it because like my surgery was supposed to start at 7 30 I was supposed to be out of the OR by like 10 15 he was like we didn't finish because like and also oh my parents were supposed to come take care of me and they both got COVID the week before which like I was like what and I like I couldn't I was like panicking like thinking about them and my mom was panicking thinking about and they are they recovered fine they don't have residual effects they didn't have to go to the hospital they got it at the grocery store wearing masks which scares the fuck out of me (laughs) sorry to like give that information to people because it all like it always upsets people (laughs) but they like did they didn't go inside with anybody because they knew they were coming up to see me but they did go to the grocery store it's the only place they went Oh my God. So like, did, did someone take you to the hospital? Like, did you have, I took an Uber to the hospital by myself. And then (gasps) my friend, my friend who actually took care of me after my abortion stayed with me for the first week. And then my other friend who lives up the street came and kind of took over for the second week and was kind of in and out. And I didn't need somebody here like 24 hours a day, but like, so my friend came, we actually had like a lot of fun. And I was like, this is like less stressful than my mother being here being like, a panicked nightmare yeah um like a friend can like a friend who's your age can like man like it was just easier to be like i'm fine and have her be like okay fine you're fine yeah um so like all of that but like just the the vindication of like my doctor being like oh we didn't get out of surgery until 2 30 p.m because we had to spend several hours just picking away very you have to be very careful because like you're in your spinal column and like you can't like touch certain things like without destroying somebody's nerves so like he was like we just had to pick away. There was so much scar tissue hardened around all of your nerves, 
Like he was like, I truly, he was like, I truly like to this day, like, I don't think I've seen somebody's back that was in that bad of shape. Fuck. And like, and I just like felt like good to hear that. Cause I was like, I thought I was like, am I overreacting? Like, is this that bad? Like, maybe it's not that bad. Like, that's like how I started to think. And like between him saying that and like me, like realizing one that like, it was really bad then, but like, he was like, he was like, that's like two years of decay. Like, you've been in pain for a really long time. Like you've, and I, and like, and I have, and I think I have not really like let myself feel it and understand it. But like, I think that it, it's been probably two years since I felt good. Like I've been functional. Like I've even like exercised during like chunks of that time and like, you know, been living my life and, 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 and able to enjoy it. But like, I didn't realize that like, there was always like a low hum of just like being in physical pain and chronic pain is like, brutal and like after that it was just this like I was like don't cry at the office don't cry in front of him <laughs> um he's too sexy um <laughs> to be vulnerable in front of um maybe he would have hugged you you know I know it's like at least like let me like see what's going on here um yeah. and so like but I like got home and just like wept for like several hours because I was just yeah. like it was just like the release of like knowing that it's all over and like and I have I mean it's been it'll be six months in July since I've had my surgery and like it's it, pain is gone. It's gone. My life is, I have a different so life. I have like a fully different life now than I did before January 20th. I had in surgery on way? inauguration day. <laughs> um, I just like, I am not like, I, I've been trying to write about this. And it's super challenging to write about, but like that, like I didn't realize how much of my mental energy and like how much of my emotional self was taken up pushing away pushing down pain as mm. like a thing to be like don't you don't have you can't worry about this like you can't like also after my last surgery 10 years ago like my doctor was like I don't know what happens after this like so there was like a little and I was like okay well I'm gonna figure something out but like there was just like in my mind I was like what if there isn't anything you can do like what if this is just what my life is now like in the last two years and so I feel like there's been like I've just like been able to like, there's so, there's so much happening in my brain now in a way that like, I can't even really articulate because I'm like, Oh my God, so much of me was like dedicated to ignoring and pushing down pain. That was like actually like very um, intrusive in my life God. and like to finally yeah. like be free of that. But also there is this weird thing that I'm like kind of trying to work through Um personally and then also like artistically um which is like you know you you think about like having like ptsd or or like lingering trauma from something that isn't solved or from pain that still exists or from something you're still going like there is like this weird thing of like i'm not in pain anymore i did like i was i did something and it worked and like there's like a little bit of guilt that I could do something about it in the ways that like other people that live with chronic pain can't. Um, but also just like, I kind of lost two years of my life to it, even though I still was living my life. I'm like, what would my life have been if I wasn't in chronic yeah. pain? So like, there's just a lot of like that. And like, I feel like that finding out I needed surgery and then getting surgery, like was not something that caught, like, I was just like, okay, this is like what I'm going to do. This sucks. I've had surgery before. I'm probably going to again. Um, but like recover, like, like kind of managing all of that has like resulted in just a lot of like emotional, like 
it's not breakdowns, but it's just kind of like this like overwhelming feeling of like, you know, all of those different like layers that I just like walked through. Well, of, like, I mean, I, I sounds like grief in a lot of ways. Cause I yeah, think, it you absolutely know, is similar. I to mean, grief. PTSD, you know, it is, it is often, I mean, it can be about things that you've healed from, you yeah, know, totally. And I mean, I've had, I don't know if this is like a very good thing to compare it to, but like, I have a similar feeling about a past relationship that yeah. was like really, uh, mentally, emotionally abusive and manipulative. And like yeah, a lot of absolutely. like, That's you a know, fair comparison or, for sure. or like other, other things like I'm just, but, yeah. but I, I think that, um, and I also think the guilt, like there's a lot there and to, I don't know, it, it also sometimes when things are good, you have time to really reflect yeah. on how bad things were because now you have something yes. to compare it to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So like, exactly. so like being in a, again, I'll just use the example of relationships because it's yeah, the first yeah. thing in my Go head, but like being in a, what I consider a, the healthiest relationship I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I was when I literally have like flashbacks yeah, of to course. this bad relationship. And again, I do the same thing. So I'm like, well, it's not like he beat me and it's right. not like right. he like fucked a bunch of women. So like, I don't really have a right to complain, but it's like, yeah. no, it was, it was very traumatizing. Yeah, and, and so I'll have moments where I feel like reminded of it strongly because I have something to compare it to. So I think it's like probably pretty similar. Yeah, like, absolutely. You are now pain free. Right. In your mind, that wasn't even a possibility. So to now know it's a possibility and be like, oh my God, I could have been feeling this way. Like all along, all along wild. And like, there was also something kind of like upsetting. I, I consider myself somebody who's like extremely in touch with their physical body. Like I, mm. I was a, very high level competitive athlete for most of my life. And that, which like, I think I was, I swam on the national team until I was 14 or 15. And then I rode all through high school and college um, until my first back surgery um, for Cornell. No, like rowing, like rowing. rowing. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Which like both of those are just like, you know, very like competitive, like, you know, demanding sports, but also like there's sports that are like very, technical and like I feel like I just understand my I mean musculature more than anything but like I just I think I'm very in touch with my body in a way that maybe not everybody is and I always consider myself like I'm like I know what pain is I know my body I know how to fix it I know like and to like to like really realize I didn't even let myself know that I was in pain for two years was like very upsetting like, and there's nothing, yeah. and there's nothing, I, I'm not like, oh, if only I had let myself feel it or like been listening. More. It's like, it wasn't, it's like I, my brain was in survivor mode of like, just push it down, push it down, push it down. So like, there's nothing I could have done, but it, like, to like realize that was kind of just has been something just that, that mentally I'm, I'm trying to work through. I, again, I, I, to, to relate, especially for anyone listening who maybe didn't have the pain experience, but similarly, I was doing my solo show, Bad Bride, yes. about finding joy by being in the right relationship not, and not settling while I was dating a sociopath. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, and I thought that I was this, like, yeah. 
relationship. Yeah. And I, and I was to a certain degree, but like, I guess it was sort of, it was like, uh, that, what is it? Fight or flight? Like, yeah, your brain just goes into whatever mode to get through. Yeah. Um, wow, man, I'm so glad you're okay. Like, it's just, yeah, me too. (laughs) It's you, you, I mean, you seem like, I mean, I know it's over a computer, but you do seem lighter. I, and I, I feel it. Like I do feel like in the last six months, like there is like a massive weight that's been lifted off of me. And like, not that I ever thought I was like a particularly like down and dour person, but like, I do feel like just in interactions and stuff. Like I just feel lighter. Cause I'm like, Oh, like I can be fully present in this. And I don't think yeah. that I had been really fully present, like for two years, maybe I, more. I bet that the momentum for your show and the momentum for your dating life is going to like, totally come back even better than you oh, thought yeah. it was before totally. because when it was coming back when it when it was starting up a year and a half or two years yeah. ago whatever it was you also had this pain thing going yeah. on so imagine I know that happening without this back shit I mean everything well just like even just like even like writing has been easier like mm. it's just like it's crazy just how much, like what physical pain and what your brain does to like prevent you from dealing with it. Um, I guess if anyone is listening, that is having this experience of like severe physical pain, because you know, it's so tricky, like pain, be it physical or emotional. It is so hard. So like, I know for me, I haven't had knock on wood too many Mm -hmm. physical pain experiences like that um you know like injury but nothing like you know chronic um but i i'm only thinking of like when i've had um my mental health journey Mm -hmm. you know i remember years ago going to therapist and them being like well how sad are you (laughs) you know right trying to describe that and really probably coming across like it wasn't I always, I never really expressed it enough because mm-hmm. I didn't. I also didn't know what was normal to other people. I just kind of assumed everyone felt the way that I did. Yeah. And so I think pain can also be like a simple. So like pain in general is so. And then, like you said, like having a medical professional, which is like such a disappointing thing, just sort of be like, you know, I guess reducing it and yeah, yeah. like they see pain every day. So how do they, so I guess, is there anything that you would say to anyone listening who is experiencing pain and feels like nobody believes them or is listening to them? There is. So I've like, also like, it's been interesting. Like my, my close personal relationships, like in this journey of the last year ish with like when my back went really south and then like from then on to surgery and then recovery and kind of like what life has been is I do have friends who have, I have one of my close friends has um, not back stuff, but other medical issues. And she's kind of also had like a bunch of surgeries and like, it was just so helpful. She, if you're in pain and you've been seeing somebody, like if you've seen any medical professionals about, there is a way to talk about it where they're like, what is your pain at? You give it a number from one to 10. Like, Mm -hmm. Because it's impossible to compare like how you feel with how someone else feels because mm-hmm. you'll just never know. But like if you can find a way to like understand your own one to ten scale, um, using the like my friend would be like, "What are you at today?" And I'd be like, "I'm at a seven. And she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, 
we don't have to go out. Like if you want, I'll just like zoom with you and we can watch TV over zoom or whatever. Like, it's just like that language like super helpful. Cause like, mm-hmm. it can be really hard to articulate pain where you're like, it hurts a lot. I mean, what do you like? It's so difficult, but like that number scale is really helpful in like communicating how it's affecting you. Cause like, one person's threshold is different from someone else's. But if you tell somebody that you're like, I'm at an eight out of 10 for my pain today. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, that's how high it is. Like, ex, you know, if, if explain to people what that means, like for you, but like, that's a very helpful way for even people who don't feel chronic pain or haven't been in a lot of physical pain before. Like you can understand like, okay, well that's a lot. Like for some reason we need like a number to quantify it, even though yeah. it's unquantifiable. Um, but like a, being able to like assess where you are on a scale of one to 10 is very helpful. And it's also very helpful for doctors, which they'll ask, you know, wh- where you're, that's like typically, that's how I found out to like talk about it that way. Cause they're like on a scale of one to 10, like what's your pain like today? And it changes. There'll yeah. be days where it's a two and there's days where it's a 10. And there's like, I mean, that's, that's how you keep track of like how you're feeling having a ton of days where you're at an eight, like, something needs to change like but if you're like having some good days you're like oh i'm at like a two like that's just a it's a way for other people to understand it because it's so hard to express physical pain i like that you said to to do that because i i feel like i've only had that experience when it's when i'm already at the doctor yes and it's sort of in that moment too late (laughs) i'm already at the doctor too late because (laughs) i don't well because also I have nothing to compare the numbers to because I haven't really been keeping track. So you, and then what I do, because I want to be a good quote unquote patient patient and Mm -hmm. be like, I've been following all the tips. I'm always like, Oh, it's not like a, I don't like a five. Like I always will like kind of, because I don't know what the quote unquote right answer is. There is a one. So exactly. But that's a really good tip of like, if there is an issue, if you kind of keep track of it, like day by day, yeah. and then you kind of be like, oh, okay, it was like at this number. And it was also that day I did X, Y, and Z exactly. and not like exacerbated it or whatever. Yeah. And I it's also a good method for emotional pain too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I've never applied it in that way, but it would make sense too. Because again, yeah. like, it's like, how sad are you? And it's like, very like, what, like I, I always think of you know on like um sometimes like those customer rating things yeah like yeah like or, a smiley face a frowny face or whatever like a neutral face <laughs> you're like, like I don't know no neutral it's so it's so hard and like we don't want like I found like obviously like I was going through all of this like during a pandemic when like everybody's got their own shit go- I mean everybody always has their own shit going on but like it was just kind of like. I was like not letting a lot of people in my life, like know how bad it was. Cause I was like, well, I'm not, they don't need to know that. This is just like my, like, yeah, I think just like being like, and I had friends who were like, let's have a picnic today. And like, I can't, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever really sit on the ground again, but like, I definitely couldn't then. And it was just like hard to be like, I can't, do that but like you have but then I would do it anyway because like oh no want because I just wanted to do that like especially like in the pandemic when I'm like I'm barely seeing people this is like one activity that's safe like I kind of have to do this if I wanted you know and 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 I didn't have to do that and my friends would have happily like figured out and pivoted but like like don't if you find yourself like making um what's the word I'm looking concessions to other people at your own physical detriment. Like 
don't do that. Like your friends should be understanding. And like, also it's okay to cancel things. Like it's okay. Like yeah. take care of yourself because like, I feel like I wish I, if I had been more open about how much pain I was in all along, I think it would have been easier for some of my friends as I got into like, I'm going to have surgery mode, like to understand it. Cause it felt yeah. like to some people, they were like, I had no idea that you've ever had a problem. And I'm like, yeah, because I guess I haven't told you and I haven't like let on because I've been very good at like concealing it, unfortunately. So that that honest answer, I feel like is something that I learned during the pandemic because everyone was really forgiving about like, yeah, you know, it started to turn into, you know what, I don't think I emotionally can handle another yeah. Zoom happy hour. Yeah. And nobody would get upset. No, no one. And God, I, I hope really, we keep yeah. forgiveness. I, I feel like I, I've so far it has been yeah. like that. I, I, I'm finding myself, you know, I don't need to explain. <laughs> I don't need to respond to like, a, I recently had a, an acquaintance like ask if I wanted to like, it was like a, can I pick your brain kind of, yeah. you know, and, and I, I just don't have time right now. Like, yeah. and I also have no, nothing to pick because I'm, getting kind of getting back into like I have my right now the way my life is set up time wise is like the having a child has really forced me to be more time management savvy because it's like okay I'm not in charge of the baby right now so this is when I write so anyways that being said my time's a little more limited and I just responded can't do it but instead I it was like this long explanation so you don't have to do yeah. all that right yeah so right that's a good because that's like a not a good friend. That's an, yeah that's not a good friend but like a good friend you should be able to be like I feel like shit and I can't do that yeah there's something else we can figure out or also like are you cool with me rescheduling or canceling or like whatever and like start like I'm I I regret so much that I wasn't more open with my close friends about it yeah like, cause that's, that's, what's the point of having friends, right? That's what they're for. They were all like wonderful. Understand. Like nobody was like, Oh, fine. We're not going to invite you anymore. Like, of course not. Like that's yeah. not how, so it's like, Oh, like believe in your friendships enough that like they yeah. can withstand this. Cause like, this is important. Your health is very important. Yeah. Um, Allison, this was so lovely. This was wonderful. Um, I have one final question that I ask every guest. The most okay. important question of your life, probably. Um, okay. Should I get bangs? You know, it is summer, and I think bangs in summer are tough. Mm-hmm. I okay. think I'm somebody who's a very sweaty person, especially yeah, in too. New York. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a wet, like a greasy, wet bang all day because you're sweating is just going to make you more anxious. Yes. So I feel like this is a, this is a stress reducing hairstyle is to not have bangs in the summer. Yeah. Just pull it up in a bun. Yeah. Just leave it all on top of your head. Leave it wet. Who cares? No one cares anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No one. God, can that be something that we keep maintaining? Cause I'm like, whatever I've always enjoyed like fun style or whatever, but like, man, I've really kicked it up a notch since the pandemic. I'm like, I'm going to wear Whatever the fuck shorts I want. and a sports bra as an outfit and a yep. robe on top of it. Uh huh. <laughs> and rubber Birkenstocks and yep. a, a dumb hat and yeah, like visible sunscreen and like just like a mess. I'm like, I am fine. I want to yeah. get comfy. I think everyone looks so cute. Everybody looks great. Yeah. It's nice to see people. Oh, 
Well, it was so lovely to see you. Uh, And if anything um, you want people to do. Um, (laughs) If you live in the New York area, you can come see my show. Oh God, an hour about abortion, July 28th. And then at union hall. Um, And there will be other New York performances and hopefully TBD and LA performance when I can get out there, hopefully like end of summer, early fall. Cool. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Libby, and hopefully that information will be there. That is as far as I've gotten with like understanding how to like tell people where I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good enough. Uh, yeah. All right, thank you so much, Allison. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I don't even have anything really to say at the end of this episode. I feel like the the tip that Allison gave about the um, you know, rating your pain on a scale, uh, it was just so great. And I, and I hope that you remember that and use that, uh, be it for physical, emotional, any kind of pain. I mean, I more so hope that nobody is in pain, but you know, whatever we're humans, pain exists. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, tell a friend, I really appreciate it. I've gotten some really uh, nice DMs uh, lately about feedback on the show, and and it it really means a lot. Um, So thanks for that. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.